Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you again for coming to worship with us this morning. Again, I always say this, and it's because I truly, truly mean it. I thank God that you've decided to worship with us this morning. God is good, and I appreciate him allowing you to worship with us. I also know that you're not here by accident, but I believe that God has a word for you and for me. I know sometimes, you know, people think that because I'm speaking or giving the message that God isn't speaking directly to me. No, I actually eat from the same plate that you're eating from. Uh, oh, that probably sounds gross to all of you who are uh, um, what, OCD. <laughs> I, I get that. I'm one of you. But um, anyway, I'm eating from the same message that, that you're eating from. So again, thank you for being here. Listen, don't forget to like and to share this with your friends and your family as well. Go ahead, hit the like button right now. Start a watch party and invite other people to um, come in to watch this with us. All righty, are you ready? If you're ready to hear the word of the Lord, just go ahead and type in ready. There you go, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for being here this morning. We ask that you might speak to us, that you may be glorified in all that's said and done. I pray that you would calm my mind, that I might not be all over the place, but that I might hear from you. Use the sinful man to declare a holy word. Father, speak not only through me, but speak to me. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Listen, we're going to talk kind of, if I can just talk more today and share some things with you. I've been asking my question, my, myself this question, and I've been hearing it echoed, especially from more of our millennials. And the question is, why isn't this abundant life thing working? Mm. Why isn't this abundant life thing working? Or, yeah, or why is this abundant life not working for me? Now, let's talk about it. I, I think that's a great question because we talk about the abundant life and, and it being real and God being real, but what's happening in many of our lives, if we're truthful with ourselves, it really isn't happening. Amen? And so there's a, a disconnect between what we say and what we're experiencing. Mama's praying all the time, but it doesn't seem like there are being any answers to her prayer, or she's struggling to have her needs met, or she's worried about whether or not her needs are going to be met. And so when that happens, that kind of messes up the mindset of those who may be looking from the outside, and the truth, it messes us up as well. And so when I ask why isn't the abundant life thing working, I went back and I was thinking about John 10. And in John 10, it's where Jesus introduces this concept of the abundant life. In John 10, 10, he says, The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come that they might have life, and that more abundantly. So let's kind of go back. He's talking to the religious people at that time. He's talking to the church folk. He's calling them the thieves. He's calling them robbers. And basically he's saying, you are the ones who are misleading people trying to access this um, thing, this life, but you're going about it the wrong way. And so he calls them thieves and, and robbers. 
And Jesus says, but truthfully, if you're going to come into this thing, if you're going to experience this abundant life, if you're going to have access to the Father, you've got to come through me. And the reason I've come is that they might have abundant life, true life, full life, and have it more abundantly. In today's vernacular, we have somehow um, began to think of the abundant life. We've equated the abundant life with the amount of things, with um, success and physical possessions and those type of things. So it's... um, we are measure, we measure each other and whether they have the abundant life by the amount of things that they have. Well, I propose to you that one of the reasons that the abundant life isn't working is because we have erroneously um, defined the abundant life. So I believe, so when Jesus is talking to, to, those, to the um, religious leaders of that time, and telling them that he's come that they might have life and have it more abundantly, that the idea isn't in things at all. In fact, they were so consumed with their tradition, with their statue, with um, the things in life that they had in their possessions, that's why Jesus said they were misleading the people and called them thieves and robbers. And so I believe that when Jesus is speaking of the abundant life, he talks about he's the door and he's the way, Before that, and when he talks about having the abundant life, he says, I've come that they might have life, zoe, full life, and that more abundantly, that instead of the things and the possessions, he is talking about relationship. Yes, Jesus says that I've come that you might have relationship and full uh, relationship. When I say full, I mean um, fully exposed. That's great fully exposed relationship with God that you may have that and have that more abundantly so that you experience what God is and that you are known fully by God. And so as we redefine what the abundant life is, I think we will be able to um, have that work in our lives to see the abundant life happening because our relationship with God grows through the death, burial, and resurrection with Christ. So that the first reason, again, I said we don't experience abundant life is because we have misdefined the abundant life. We've erroneously defined the abundant life. It's not about the things. It's not about houses. It's not about, you know, it's not even about health. So it's not about health or wealth. Now, those things may be incorporated in the abundant life, but the focus of it isn't. And this is why Jesus said this in Matthew um, 6.33. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let's stop right there. So when he says seek ye first the kingdom of God, the idea of a kingdom of God is the rule of God. Every kingdom has a king. And so it says to live your life, seek being under the rule, seek Uh, Yeah, being under the rule of God himself. Seek living by godly principles. So he says if you seek first, that's your first priority. And this is in context to someone worrying about the things of life, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink. He says, but seek first the rule of God in your life and all the what? Things. The things shall be added unto you. So what we've done, as my grandma would say, we've begun to put the cart 
before the horse. And so what happens when we seek the things, then we uh, seek things, but we don't have relationship with God. And so there are those. How many of you folk know who said, people who, who say all the time, they're just going to name it and claim it? Or they're not going to speak that into the atmosphere. Or they're going to speak something into existence. You know what happens with those things? Those oftentimes, um, people accept that vernacular, accept that as Christianity, accept that as um, being part of, of knowing God because it's easier to do. You can do those things without relationship. And so, but Jesus says, no, we're to seek first the relationship, being right relationship with God, and then we can experience him providing the things so that we're not worried about um, whether we're going to have provisions. Why? Because our relationship is such that we've experienced God to know that he loves us, he cares for us, and that he is faithful to provide everything that we need. And so when we deepen our relationship with God, the things he begins to take care of, he takes care of his own. So he says, you know, he knows about the sparrows. He knows about the sparrow that falls. He feeds them. He takes care of them. And I love this. And it asks, are you not more valuable than they? And so when we talk about the abundant life, um, I would love for us to begin to think more about it rather than a possession of things as um, less than the possession of things and more of being in constant communication, full relationship, being fully known and exposed um, to God. And so with that, um, a second thing I believe that we... Now, firstly, we've misdefined the abundant life. Another reason that the abundant life isn't working is because we don't really know who we are. We don't know who we are in Christ. My big mama, that's my great-grandmother, she would say this, and Zion knows it, because I said often, often enough that they know it. Big mama would say, watch this, those of you who, who, don't, who, who don't know it. Big mama would say this, if you don't know who you is, Go ahead. Can you guys put it in, in the chat? Go ahead and finish it. I'll give you a second. Big Mama would say, if you don't know who you is, she said, you're going to act like who you ain't. Awful grammar, awful English, but great theology. If we don't know who we are in Christ, we are going to live beneath who we are, and what God has called us to be. So what the enemy does is the enemy um, keeps us busy or keeps us from experiencing and knowing who God calls us to be and who Jesus says that we are. And we're going to spend some time in that in the next couple of weeks. So, in fact, Jesus says that, that the Word of God says that we are righteous. God sees us as righteous. God sees us as holy. God sees us as a word we call justified. I'll begin explaining that. And God sees us as accepted. Or we are accepted. We're accepted by God. You know, we spend a whole lot of time searching for acceptance. And that was the big fall of Adam. And since then, man has been seeking for acceptance. We all do it. 
we all seek affirmation. We all seek acceptance from other people. When, and so with that happens, with that comes the disappointment of not measuring up. And so God says, hey, I don't need you to prove anything to me. I don't need you to uh, measure up to me because I have accepted you through, I've accepted the sacrifice that my son, um, Jesus, his blood, has put you in position to be fully accepted by me. And we're going to talk about that. It means, it means that you are fully accepted by God. You don't have to win his affection. You don't have to win his love. And so as we do that, we're in a society that's constantly seeking acceptance. Do you know what, what one of the, the biggest um, things that children want to be when they grow up now? You used to ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you said, oh, a doctor, a lawyer, a football player, whatever. You know what the biggest thing they want to be now? Study, recent studies came out. They want to be famous. That's it, just famous. In other words, they, they, they want to be influencers. They want to be well-known. They want to have likes and friends. And when we have that as a goal, we will be disappointed. How do you explain, how do you explain the ability to have thousands of friends and yet experiencing severe loneliness. And that's what's happening with um, many of us. Instagram friends, Facebook friends, and yet lonely. And so what happens in the abundant life, God deals with those periods that you can't really tell anybody else. The um, loneliness that you're experiencing when the camera's off, the loneliness that you're experiencing when... Um, no one likes your page or no one likes your quote. And so we're constantly seeking. We, we put this comment on, how many likes do I get? How many likes? Who responded? That is a, a longing of our souls, of being affirmed. And God created that in us, but he wants that affirmation. This is only the affirmation that only he can feel. I think it was Pascal who said, there's a God-shaped vacuum inside of every man that only God can feel. So there's, I was recently watching um, this, this story on, on the news, actually. And it was a young woman, and she and her husband were um, really huge on Instagram, and they had great success, and they had a baby, and then he had recently killed himself. And the reason that he, part of the reason that he killed himself is the success and the affirmation that he was getting in Instagram wasn't enough to meet the need that he had in his personal life or the feelings of, of, of depression, the anxiety of being a new father, the anxiety of being a new husband, and the constant feeling of not measuring up. So here we have this young woman, young girl, young woman. Um, who is now a widow and a new mother. And her husband's gone because he had success but didn't experience the reality of God's love or being fully loved. And so that, there, are many, there are millions of us who are like that, and I'm here to tell you that the abundant life deals with those issues. 
the abundant life that God has. See, that, that's not a, that's not a um, possession issue. That's not something that money can solve. That's not something that fame can solve. It's a condition of the heart and the soul and the spirit of man that the abundant life, being fully known by God, being fully accepted by God, that puts you in that position to experience knowing God in that way. Another reason that um, we don't experience this abundant life and why the abundant life isn't working first, because we've misdefined the abundant life. Secondly, because we don't really know who we are in Christ, who God has called us to be. The third reason is that our view of God is too small. What do I I mean by that? Um, Because we, we live in this world, Christianity, everything has to be always all right. We get up, we testify in church. Well, we used to testify in church, right? Now we testify on Facebook by showing the things that God has had the, um, done for us, the birthdays we have, the cars that we have, the wonderful relationship that we have. Everything's always glamour and glitz, and the reality is that's not really our life. That's not really what's going on. And so we seek, when I say that our God is too small, well, we don't share God's presence in the period, what I I call, I often call the period of life between the crucifixion and the resurrection. So we talk about the crucifixion of Christ. We say, hey, he died for us. There's forgiveness. His blood was shed for us in forgiveness, right? And then we talk about the resurrection that gives us new life and the same power that uh, rose Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. But is our God big enough to fill in that time and to be God between his death and the resurrection. Between that time when all hope was gone, dreams were shattered, Mary saw her grown baby, but yet her baby crucified. Was he God then? What was her heart like? It was broken. What were the disciples like? Discouraged. Hope gone. People who wanted healing and knew that, that Jesus was the only source of healing that they could get if they can just get to him. All gone. Poof. When we experience the abundant life, we find that God is still God in that period between the crucifixion and the resurrection. So it's in that sometimes we'll find out that it's in that greatest, um, in the darkness of our lives that we find that God is often doing his greatest work. And so in the abundant life, we get the privilege of sharing with God exactly what's going on in our lives, the truth about us. And that's what I mean when I say that it is to be known fully. And during this period of time, we, um, we get to share and experience God when we're struggling, right? Uh, In Christianity and on the radio, we always, in Christian talk, Christian radio, we see we're the wonderful family, the happy single person, the happy married person, but we find that God is there when I'm struggling to love my spouse. I'm struggling to love my child. Hey, I'm struggling just to love me. And that might be you today in one of those areas. Well, I tell you that there is an abundant life that can handle all of that. 
And God's looking for us just to be real um, with him. Real quickly, Psalms 51, David has sinned. David had, um, he was, he, David was the king. And one day he was up on his rooftop and he looked over and saw this beautiful dark woman named Bathsheba taking a shower. She was fine as all get out, but she was married. David used, you, you probably wouldn't think of this being in the Bible, right? But David used his authority, his power, his influence, sent for Bathsheba, had her come to his palace. Whether he wooed her or not, but just the idea she knew who he was. They ended up sleeping together, and in sleeping together, she conceived a child. Problem. She was married. And so she sends word that she has, she's pregnant, and David, um, her husband, was fighting in the king's army, fighting in David's army. David really should have been at battle, but he, well, that's a whole other story. Um, so what does David do? He, does, he did what we often do. He comes up with a plan to cover up. Yeah, this is in the Bible, for those of you who may not know it. Trust me, you, this make great television. Um, so what he does is he sends for her husband. And when her husband comes to David, David says, hey, man, you deserve this time off. Go home and you know, spend some time with your wife. Sleep with her. Why? Because if he sleeps with her, then you know, people who can't count may not figure out. You know, they'll figure out that he impregnated his wife while he was home on his conjugal visit. And um, the old boy has so much... Re- so much um, respect and loyalty to David. He says, I can't go home and sleep with my wife while there's a war going on, while there's others in battle. So he sleeps at the door. He doesn't even go in. Plan disturbed. David says, okay. He comes up with another plan. Tell you what, he sends them back into war. He sends a message with the messenger who's going back into war with him. They send the army out, and the instructions were to put him and put um, Bathsheba's husband in front of the line, and when the enemy comes to retreat, he's the only one who doesn't have the message, and guess what? He gets killed. So now David not, has um, slept with this woman. He's impregnated her. He's used his influence. Um, he tried to get her husband to sleep with her. Now David is a murderer, and he's trying to cover it up, but God sends a prophet, and the prophet tells David, hey, there's accountability here. God's not pleased. And so Psalm 51 is David. Mm, dealing with all of that. And I just want to look at one verse because what he says here in verse 6, 51, 6, he says, Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Listen, the truth that David found out was to discover who he really was and to realize that he had sinned and sinned against God. And so, David says, Lord, what you desire is truth. You desire for me to be real, to um, expose myself to you. He says, because it's to you that I've sinned against you, and you only have I sinned. And God wants to have us in relationship with us in this abundant life that we can be exposed to him for who we truly are and yet be fully loved, accepted by him, and forgiven by him. And that's where David was. And he says, Lord... You desire truth in the inward part. And so God wants to, in this abundant life, to put you in relationship with him in which you can be real, you can experience the fullness of God. Um, So we have those three things, three reasons why we aren't experiencing, quote-unquote, the abundant life. One, because we've missed um, 
define the abundant life. So we can't experience the real abundant life because we haven't defined it as being true, full, open relationship with God. Secondly, we don't know who we are in Christ. And thirdly, because our God isn't big enough. When I say that, I mean that our God is so big that he's able to deal with us for who we are and provide full acceptance through the blood of Jesus Christ with who we are. And so he's God in the high times. He's God in the um, hills, God of the mountaintops. He's also God in the valleys, in the bad times as well. He's still God and wants to be that in your lives and in my life as well. I want to share one thing with you in closing. Um, when we come to know Christ, that he has accepted us, fully forgiven us, and he's able in this abundant life, we're able to be who we are in him. There's a quote from um, a guy named Robert McGee in a book he calls Search for Significance. I want to share this with you because from the rest of our messages are going to be dealing with this. And it says, I have great worth. This is talking to the person who's struggling. It says, I have great worth apart from my performance because Jesus Christ gave his life for me and therefore imparted great value upon me. Got that? And you need to know this. I need to know this when we know who we are in Christ, where God sees us. I have great value apart from my performance. So we couldn't earn this relationship with God. We couldn't earn this, this God's grace. He gives it to us. I have great value or have great worth apart from my performance because of Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ gave his life for me and therefore imparted great value upon me. I am deeply loved, fully forgiven, accepted, and complete in Christ Jesus. You got that? I am, check that out, fully. I am deeply loved, fully forgiven, accepted, and complete in Christ Jesus. I know I shared that with you before, but today, the abundant life, works as we deepen our relationship with Christ. I want to remind you of that. And he's called to give you this abundant life. And we're going to begin discovering who we are. We're justified. We're accepted in Christ Jesus. So I want to thank you for coming to listen. If you're here today and you say, hey, I struggle with that. I want that abundant life, the ability, the freedom to be who I am and know that God loves me enough to be with me even in my difficult times. He's the God of the in-between, the God who's there between the crucifixion and the resurrection. He's the God who's there in my failures. He's the God who's there and has provided through his son Jesus Christ forgiveness and full acceptance of me through his blood. If you're here today, and you want to know how that kind of life, in that life there's freedom. In that life there's joy. In that life you're able to be sustained in the ups and the downs. And it works, trust me. And you want that life. Would you just type in the word, words, that life, that life, 
and we'll reach out to you. Or you can email just in the subject line that life to online at ztccla.com. That's that life to online at ztccla. God bless you. Thank you. Have a great day.